Hi, I want to welcome you to the first episode of the Evil Ste- Two Evil Step Parents podcast. My name is Tommy. And my name's Lauren. So, uh, funny thing is, we found out that there's not a lot of podcasts about being a step parent. There's tons of podcasts about being a parent, but nothing about the uh, people decide to get their kids pre-owned. Uh, so we went ahead and decided to create this podcast. We wanted to give a resource to people who may be in the position who are either in the step-parent role or thinking about moving into a relationship where they would be playing the step-parent to give them some advice, some of the lessons that we learned to make the process a little bit easier for everyone. And of course, we'll probably vent about the craziness of being a step-parent, being that part-time parent, uh, and how you hand it off when it gets really bad to the biological parent. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we, do, we, we did have a conversation, though. We don't want this to be a uh, negative podcast. It's certainly not a bashing podcast, but really how you can learn from our lessons, some of our mistakes, things that we could have done differently, so it'll make it easier for you in the future and your family. Like every other step-parent, it's kind of hard to process when to go ahead and jump in and when to back off. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and explain the first time that we actually met our stepchildren uh, and how we kind of cheated and how we got it to be kind of functional in our way. That's a, And that's a really good point. When I was first in this position, I was reading or looking for a lot of blogs about how long should it take before I meet the stepkids, and I could not find a consistent answer. And the reason for that is there's not a consistent answer. There's not a right answer across the board. It's going to p- depend on the situation, and it's going to be different for everyone. So Tommy, what was your situation like? Well, my girlfriend and I were already dating for about uh, six months uh, before we decided, okay, let's go ahead and have the kids come in. Uh, we decided to kind of take the pressure off of myself and the kids. We went ahead and met them at Disney World. So the first day I came over, it was really, really interesting. My girlfriend gave me a heads up. She goes, my stepson's going to love you because he already thinks you're cool. My stepdaughter, my well, my stepdaughter, it wasn't going to like me because uh, I'm a guy and she doesn't like any other guys other than her grandfather and her dad. Um, when I first walked in, awkward as anything, but we were, I knew I was going to be going to Disney World. Uh, Logan came up to me, gave me a great big hug, was super excited to show me all of his Legos. And then my stepdaughter took about 30 seconds and then she was, please go ahead and pick me up, throw me up in the air. And my girlfriend was completely confused. Uh, at that point, we went ahead and put them up into the truck, decided to go to Disney World with them. We completely surprised them. And it took the pressure off of uh, not only myself, but also the kids, because it wasn't a constant entertainment thing. And it was their first time going to Disney World, so now that memory is kind of tied to me, which is awesome. So my story is a little bit different. Um, my boyfriend and I had been together for about a year and a half, and not meeting the kids was definitely a conflict point for us. I have not always been the most patient person, and I was ready to meet them. I knew about them. And it was really hard for being together so long and not being able to know that side of his world. So how I ended up meeting the kids, because sometimes the universe just puts things in your life for a reason. It was actually during Hurricane Irma. I had power in my condo and where he was staying, they did not have power. So at that point, it was kind of hands thrown up in the air. Can we come over and watch a movie? 
And at that point, the boys had already known about me. Andrew had talked to them about me, but it was the first time I actually met them. And it was kind of a situation where it was a horrible circumstance. You know, we just went through this hurricane and I was there with, with popcorn and pizza and Star Wars and we were able to just sit and relax. And it was a really relaxed and um, comfortable evening. So it went pretty well. That's awesome. What was one of the things that you noticed was like the most shocking thing about meeting your stepkids? So probably because I had seen so much on social media of them being together for the prior year and a half when they would do things, I felt like I already knew them. And we had already had conversations about them you know, because I was obviously interested in, in what they were doing. So I was able to ask them questions and show an interest in their lives. And that kind of took them off guard, but it made them more relaxed and feel comfortable. So it wasn't like we were just strangers meeting for the first time. See, I was extremely nervous, especially since my girlfriend gave me the heads up that her daughter doesn't like anybody. Uh, so I was already kind of going with the ex really lowered expectations, mm -hmm. thinking, okay, as long as I can get the stepson to like me, maybe I'll have a good in. Uh, I know for me, I, I decided at a young age not to have children of my own. Uh, and so it was just a weird thing to be going into this pre-made family with these already established connections. I always thought I was gonna get the, you're not my real dad statement or anything like that. But luckily I have a, an incredibly supportive girlfriend who really, really coached me through everything. Uh, kind of gave me signals of when to kind of step in, back off the first time I met them. Uh, because I don't know if anybody's ever taken kids to Disney World. I never had. Like, my inter <laughs> my, my interactions with children was very, very limited. Uh, I didn't even like picking up my kids, my friends' babies. Because I was like, this is a small human being. I'm going to break this fragile thing. Um, so we packed up uh, the stroller and the bag. And I was like, God, it, I never knew it took this long to get ready to go to Disney World. Um, so... When we got there, uh, I realized strollers are a pain in the butt in huge crowds. Um, kids always need to be fed. I didn't know that. Yes, and they, they do. And they always need water. Uh, and they complain that anything takes longer than 15 minutes, which it was a new thing for me going to Disney World because usually it consisted of me running from uh, awesome ride to awesome ride. Oh, yeah. Going with kids is a whole other whole other ball game. Um, but honestly, with, with my situation... As it was a natural disaster and I had been up the previous 36 hours because I work um, in healthcare, so I was at the hospital, I, I was so tired and so mentally and physically exhausted. I really just threw my hands up at the air. I'm like, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, at that point, like, what do you got to lose? Right, exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think everyone was, was at that same point. It was just at a point where it, it was either going to happen or it wasn't. And things aligned and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of a, a scary concept. Uh, people that decide to like, be part of a family that's already created. See, I lucked out a lot. I have two amazing stepkids. Um, they accepted me with open arms. I don't know if that had to do with their age or the fact that... How old were they when you first met them? Uh, Mac was just four and Logan just turned six. Um, and it was probably uh, about a year after their parents separated that uh, I was introduced. But my, my girlfriend at the time would tell them about me for a very, very long time. So they already had kind of like an idea of who I was. Right. That makes a huge difference. 
Well, and the other thing is, is that during the, that period, it wasn't, it, we didn't inundate them with time with me, mm-hmm. uh, especially at the time I was living in uh, Tampa. Uh, my girlfriend lived about two hours north of Tampa, so we would see each other every weekend and then every other weekend with the kids. And even then, it was very, very limited. Sometimes I'd be like, all right, maybe you should just have the weekend with the kids, you and her, you know, you, you and just the kids. And uh, I think that really kind of helped out because a lot of my friends have kind of done the whole step-parent thing. It was, now the kids are just part of your life. Now they're just in there 100%. So that's how mine was. It was one end of the spectrum and it swung over to the other. It was going from not seeing the kids when he had them to now they are part of your life, which it was a whole pendulum swing, which was a whole different thing to get used to. Yeah, it's for a lot of people, it's a hard transition because now all of a sudden, you know, especially for me, you know, my biggest responsibility was my dog. Make sure that he's fed, make sure he goes outside. Now all of a sudden, like, you have to plan out everything over your weekends. You have to understand, like, oh man, I got to be home by nine o'clock. And then, you know, the other biological family, uh, you know, the parental unit comes into a factor, like, okay, the kids are sick now, they want to come home. Well, now dinner plans are completely canceled. I never had these kind of things in my life. So that was one of the hardest transitions for me. Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that at least I bumped into early on was knowing, learning the kids' moods. Knowing like, all right, the kid, you know, uh, my stepson Logan uh, has ADHD and how, how to handle that. Um, and one of the sweetest kids in the world, but man, it was just a ball of energy the first time I met him. Bouncing off the walls, everything, uh, going out. Even when we went to Disney World, it was like you had to go ahead and almost keep him on a leash because he was just inundated with all these different things to go ahead and keep his attention. And now he's like, I want to go here, I want to go there. And it was like, it's like taking care of a drunk friend on a bad night, having kids in your life. Uh <laughs> But they, you know, it's like I love you, I love you, man. And but then all of a sudden, like, no, dude, put that down. What are you doing? Right. Come back here. Don't. <laughs> no, don't talk to that person. Come back over here. So you identified that right off the bat as being. Oh something yeah. Something to. Yeah. You're you, gonna have to deal with. <laughs> this is something. This is a complete. This new, is different. This is completely new. And uh, you know, being a step parent, at least from my uh, uh, from my experience, it's. When you tell people, I'm a step-parent or something like that, it doesn't matter how long you've been around because we have the kids the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a 50-50 split. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm around more often than sometimes the other parental unit is. So, but when you tell people that you're a step-parent, either they think you're a hero for going in or they're like, you you try to have those parent conversations like, man, you're just a step-parent. You're, you're just, just a step-parent. Step- you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I love my kids. I, I love them immensely. I'd do anything for them. And it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was instantaneously of meeting them. But after building that relationship and being here with them, it's, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine. Um, have you ever dated anybody with a, a kid in the past? I have. And he had full custody of his son, which... I'm really thankful that I went through that experience first because that did kind of ease me into knowing what it's like to have a kid in the house. And while it's a completely different situation and completely different people, um, 
having that understanding of building out a schedule, working things around sports schedules really did, I think, help prepare me for my current role. See, I, I dated a, a, a young lady with a, with a kid, um, and it was it was not one not even one years old. It was you know oh, yeah, yeah it was a fresh it was a fresh baby like that one was brand new, um, and it was one of those things like it, you know it was a it was actually kind of similar to what happened with you, you know we were gonna wait and wait and wait and then all of a sudden we're on a date and she's like I got a text message from the babysitter I have to go home right now my yeah. my baby's sick, so I was like oh okay I don't know what to do like you know this is probably not even a month into our dating okay and I was like oh man oh, okay I guess I'll just take you home and uh, went back to her her uh, apartment and you know the babysitter's like she you know she's just throwing up she's just you know like, things that babies do I guess luckily my kid my stepkids are a little, a little bit, bit older, older. <laughs> a little yeah. bit older so I'm like I didn't have to deal with that but so we get there and now all of a sudden here's she's like you mind holding her I'm like oh my once again I'm like I, I don't handle babies well like I'm just like I, I'm so afraid of going to break them of course, you know, I see parents like, ah, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. They, their heads are soft. They bounce. Uh, but me, it's like, this is so fragile. Uh, and un- unfortunately, in that situation, like, it taught me a lot about what to expect when you're dating somebody with children. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also uh, kind of a, I want you to be a step. I want you to be a dad, like, right off the bat. And then it was, all right, we're going to take our time to now, guess what? She's always with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think, especially at that age and that part of my life, like, it was just just a complete shock. Like, I love the kid. Right. But now, all of a sudden, it was like, you know, you got to be, you know, she was kind of like, now you're her, congratulations, you're now a dad. I'm like, whoa, all right, I am... I barely know how to make toast and take care of myself. So I don't think I'm a functioning adult at this point in my life. What ways do you think that helped prepare you, though, for, for where you are now? The patience, the understanding, yeah. the, the, the hard work that you see uh, a, a parent doing uh, all the time. Because it is just a constant ball of worry. It is a constant, like, where are the kids? What are they doing? It's too quiet in the house. What's going on? Right. You know, and then it's, you know, it's it's kind of a, a hope and a fear of, all right, what are they going to be like? What's, what's going to be the next step? What's going to be the next hurdle? And what's going to be the next victory uh, that you have with this kid? Because, you know, at certain parts, this is one thing that I learned being a step-parent, which I never understood, is... Sometimes it's a battle all the time with very, very small victories in between. And it's it's those small victories, like people used to say, but when they smile at you, it melts your heart. There's moments that does. <laughs> Why? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, it was worth it. Sometimes you're like, I just want to go to sleep and <laughs> or have a glass of wine and then go to sleep. And hopefully you guys decide to sleep in tomorrow so I can go ahead and have some alone time. Right. I think you bring up a really good question though talking about past relationships and if there were kids involved because I I think that's something people deal with and don't necessarily think about is how do you exit those relationships then and is do you keep those relationships with the kids do you not I think that that is definitely worth a conversation also because I know there's people out there who are handling a situation like that yeah for me especially in the breakup with my previous girlfriend um I this is going to be uh, hopefully she's not listening it doesn't you know hurt her feelings I missed her more than I missed the kid I mean I missed the kid more than I missed her because all of a sudden 
like it, you break up with two people like mm-hmm. and especially you know we were together for a short time but the rate of growth of a child in the first couple of years of their life is so ridiculously fast right like we, i was there for her first steps like she could barely crawl when i met her and then all of a sudden she was you know kind of talking kind of walking and she, she was becoming you know a child instead of a baby and it was just and second kind of thing and you know after the breakup like i'd be like oh you know i kind of miss miss the kid and i wish you know it's and then you'd like what do you do at that point do you try to communicate do you say like hey happy birthday you know merry christmas and send him a gift or something like that because you know you do build that relationship sure and i like the kid more than i like the girl you know and it just that's kind of how it works yeah it, it breaks your heart you it, know? Does. It, it does it's very diff- very difficult you're right you are you are breaking up with two people yeah and i think when for me, this is the big mistake I met, made when meeting meeting her for the first time was I kind of downplayed it a lot. Like, I didn't understand the ramifications of what was about to happen. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Or it's like, you know, my hands are off. You know, I, she's not my kid, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, and even when I kind of came into this relationship, it was, I'm not their dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. And within, especially when I moved in, um, I realized I was just doing it naturally. And it was like, all of a sudden I was teaching the kids how to do this or, you know, put that down or guess what? You're going, you're going up to your room right now, sir. And it's a weird transition because I was like, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's her job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it just kind of happens naturally. Did you guys have a conversation prior to that? about boundaries and discipline or how did that evolve so yeah we definitely did uh i'm i tend to be kind of a planner and then throw out those plans really really quickly Uh, but we had the conversation about all right here's the boundaries and i think the slow introduction of me to the children kind of helped with that Mm -hmm. where it was if i'm she goes like if i'm not around lay down the law you know uh if i'm here you know, I'll take care of it. And if I ask for help or advice, I'll, you know, you can give me your advice or help out. But I'll, if I tell you to back up, back up, which I'm, that was one of the hardest things for me to, because all of a sudden I'd be like, no, you got to listen to me. And then she's like, I got this. I'm like, oh, but I want to, I need to be right. I need to, I need to lay down the law. Uh, but I, I, I think having those conversations and even now we still have those conversations. Sure. Cause, because the dynamics between my relationship and the children are constantly in flux. One of my kids is a preteen. It's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. So what, what about you? You know, obviously you were just like, here's my kids. I um, am a little different from you in that I tried to step back and observe the dynamics of them with their dad and their grandparents and how that all flowed. So I wasn't someone who came in and I'm like, you need to listen to me in any way, shape, or form. I think what also plays into this is my own parents are divorced, and I had a stepmom mm-hmm. who came into my life probably about the same age as my oldest stepson right now. So I have all of those past memories of things that didn't go so well and things that did go well. So instead of jumping in like I think um, my step parent did, I really tried to take the back seat and observe. 
which wasn't necessarily the right thing because from right off the bat, those kids knew that they could pretty much walk all over me. And it took some time for me to be able to get comfortable with saying, no, I am an authority figure in your life. I'm your friend, yes. I'm very much your friend, but you also need to listen to me. And if you aren't behaving properly or doing what you're supposed to do, there are ramifications for it. But on the flip side of that, I think then the consistency and whatever the discipline action is needs to be um, communicated from all parties involved. So if it's me saying it, then Andrew needs to back me up, which he does. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, I didn't know that. I'm thrown in a situation. I have past memories. And it's hard. It's hard when you have these adorable little boys looking up at you saying, can I have this dessert before dinner? I'm like, sure you can. No, you cannot. I've learned. Yeah, I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> My stepmom will say yes. Don't worry about it. You know. I know. And, you know, kids and dogs, they look at me and I swear, they're like, she's the weak link. Go for her. She will say yes, which I do give them probably more flexibility than... Um, some people may, but I think it's also a learning experience for all of us. So they're learning how far they can push their boundary. And I'm watching them grow too and seeing if they're learning to be responsible and regulate themselves. Because um, I believe our, our stepkids are around the same age, correct? Yes. Yes. So they're, uh, mine are nine and 11 and yours are? Uh, eight and 11. Eight and 11. So they are quickly growing and becoming, like you said, pre-teenagers and teenagers, which is a whole other dynamic of personality. It's, it's constantly shifting. And uh, that's the other thing that kind of shocked me was, is that it, you're, you're just always in flux. What's a major problem this week is a completely forgotten problem the next week. Uh, you know, one of the things that was the other kind of hard transition for me is that I came, I, I was a very independent kid. Uh, my mom worked a lot. My dad wasn't around. And so like in the mornings, I'd be like, all right, it's time for me to get ready for school. I got to wake myself up, take a shower. I have to get ready. I have to make myself breakfast. I have to go out to the bus stop. And like the first couple of weekends that I was here with the kids, I, you know, the kids, especially at that age, they wake up super early, like five or six o'clock right. in the morning. And I'd come out and they would be sitting out at the bar or they'd be sitting on the couch. And they'd be like, I want breakfast. And I'd be like, all right, go make yourself breakfast. I don't know why you're looking at me, kid. And it was one of those things that my girlfriend goes like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, what? They, there's Pop-Tarts. There's a toaster. And go ahead. Go to town. You want a cup of coffee? Like, <laughs> it's that the kind of concept. That was one of the hard things for me. Like, I agree. And that's something we're still um, trying to handle. So we just recently moved to chores and having them have their own chores and be responsible because they haven't up until this point. And that's not to say whether it's wrong or right. It's just different. But I do think it's important to teach them responsibility and teach them that independence, especially at these ages. Oh, yeah. Um, my my stepdaughter is very, very eager to please. Like, if we tell her to go clean up her room, she'll go up right then and there. Um, if, you know, if I'm washing my car, she'll come out and be like, can I help you? That's like, fantastic. Yeah, Does she want to come over? I have a car that needs to be. She's pretty awesome at that. Like, it, I, she has a little hands, which I found is really, really good for when you're doing work on your car. Um, I had her. It's going to sound horrible now. A child protective service is going to call me up, but uh, I had to go ahead and change out light bulbs in my car in the fog light, and the only way you could get to it is from the top. Mm -hmm. But the the size of where you had to stick your hand was super, super small. I was like. 
hey, Mac, you want to learn how to change a, a light bulb in a car? She And she's like, yeah, sure. She ran out. I went ahead and take apart the housing. She stuck her hand in the hole. She's going to know how to do that forever now, yeah, though. That's yeah. a good thing. Oh, yeah. Like, whenever I'm doing any work on my car, she's she's interested. Uh, my stepson, uh, on the other hand, he does have his interests, and we're still trying to figure those ones out because, of, of course, now they've changed since he's sure. become you know, a preteen kid. The stuff that interested him before, he's not really interested. And we're trying to keep him away from video games as much as humanly possible. Uh, strictly from the fact is like he does get it. He does get addicted. Like he will sit all day, all all night playing mm-hmm. video games, and then have a crap attitude afterwards. Uh, we've tried to get him into programming, which he seems to be interested in. We got him a little robot, and the funny thing is, is now Mac has a robot too that's teaching her how to computer program and everything. Uh, so we we constantly have to adapt what we do with the kids because like, in especially today, like. I want to do this. Like, he wanted to do YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So I used to do YouTube videos in the past, and I started working with him through the process. And when he realized, how, like, oh, wow. Like, how much work it is? I'm like, yeah, it takes, like, after doing, like, a half an hour video, it takes, like, three hours to edit it so it's not a jumbled mess and you have to create a script and everything mm-hmm. like that. And he suffers from red light syndrome. So the first time I turned on the camera, he was fine before. And as soon as he saw that red light... He's like, hi, my name is Logan, and I want to show you how to do uh, Legos. And I was like, buddy, you got to, like, you're, you're deadpan here. You look like a piece of wood. Uh, and he realized how hard it is. Uh, he's still interested in that kind of stuff, but it's just he wants it to magically happen. And sometimes, you know, my stepdaughter's the same way. Sure. But Well, I think especially in this age of YouTube videos and the internet and video games, everything is so instant and they're seeing the end result. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know it sounds silly, but teaching her how to change the light bulbs in the car, showing the back end work in teaching responsibility hopefully will help them as they move on and start to hone in on what those interests are. We're going through the same exact thing. They love the YouTube videos. Um, but it is a lot of work and I've put myself out there. I'm like, I'll help you. I'll record you. I'll help, you know, I always put it back on them though. And I'll say, what do you want your topic to be? And send me just a few bullet points. Mm-hmm. Super easy. So until that happens, we're not going to do a YouTube video. Yeah. And it was, and it, it, I did the same thing. Like, yeah, I was like, all right, create kind of a script an outline of mm-hmm. what you want to talk about. And he went up with it. I gave him a pen and paper and he came back two hours later and he's like, Video games. I want it to be about... And that's the only bullet point. I'm like, okay, what video games? He's like, Fortnite. And I'm like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Because there's millions of people doing Fortnite videos. What are you going to do to separate yourself from everybody else? Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? go like, well, you can't... If you want people to watch it, you can't just sit there and play videos, video games, and have somebody just be like, oh, I'm just going to watch this nine-year-old child play video games. And like, you have to have like a twist to it. And like it, it, as soon as that happened, he's like, I, I, I give up. Like yeah. I, I don't know. So I, I'm hopeful though. I'm I'm hopeful that if we keep having those conversations with them, and I think you're right, keeping our finger on the pulse of what their interest is because it does change so quickly. Mm-hmm. Fortnite was all the rage a few weeks ago. Now it's I don't want to play Fortnite anymore. I'm on to something totally different. So I think in, that's a whole other conversation about mm-hmm. just how quickly the world is moving and different likes and interests. But um. The younger one still likes baseball, so we're trying to do everything we can to cultivate that and make sure that he's on teams and he's involved. And then as for the older one, hopefully he'll find his uh, passion when it comes to video production and we'll move forward on that. 
And I think it's hard being in our positions too, where this is something we love to do. So we want, we want to see them do it. We, <laughs> yes, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. And then we can't do it for you though. We need a little bit from you. Well, that's, and that's the thing that one of the heartbreaking things about having kids in your life is when you're like, I'm really passionate about this one yes. thing. You're like, let me show you this. Yes. Like I'm a big movie buff. I'm a gigantic. Like I can sit and watch movies all day. Uh, my stepkids, because they have the attention span of a squirrel, like I can't have them sit down and watch a movie because if there's a lull in the action, they're just they just get up and they go in their room and they go play with whatever. I'm like, no, watch this. This is great. Like this is awesome, and it 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 breaks my heart when they're not interested in it. Like I'm like, no, you need. Oh, okay, fine. I'll see you later. I guess you know. <laughs> so. And I think you know that's something that goes for parents, step parents. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You, I think we all have this this feeling inside us where we want our kids or stepkids to to follow our passions or at least share our passions with them and hope that they are interested in it also. Not only that, but that's like your comfort zone. Like you already mm-hmm. know Absolutely. that. It's not like you have to go into like this deep dive into this weird like thing. Like Fortnite, like, what is that? Talk to me about dances and the orange Julius or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, and especially when it's nonstop. I think I drove my own, my own mom crazy with the weird stuff that I was into. So. Sure. But, all right, I, I think that's about it for our first episode. Uh, we're at the half an hour mark, so uh, any closing statements, any plugs? any? I think it's important for those listening to understand that people moving into a step-parent role, there's a lot of different dynamics. And what we hope to accomplish with this podcast is let you know what those different dynamics are. So if you are the partner of the step-parent, that you have an understanding of <clears throat> what they are going through, But if you are the person in the step-parent role, having a little bit more of a comfortable nature with how to move forward with things. Because it is hard. There is no rule book. And we hope that we can help you. Yeah. And our goal is not to be those people that bash, um, you know, the other other parent or anything like that or bash our own stepchildren. This is more of a goal of us to have those conversations and maybe communicate with other people that you're not alone. And maybe even, you know, the biological parent will go ahead and listen to this podcast and be like, you know what, I never saw it from that point of view. Uh, because that's something that I, I think if you don't communicate with your partner, especially now, it's not just about your relationship. It's about your relationship as a family. Right. And what you feel like if, you, you know, about certain situations, some people don't even think about having those conversations because they just think it's 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 part of the gig. Right. Um, so we kind of want to open those up. So it's it, it's going to be a lot of fun conversations about being a step parent. It's going to be a little bit of venting of frustrations that we have, mostly with ourselves and things that we would have done differently. Uh, and then you know maybe some fun in between, some goofy goofy quips and or uh, good ideas for how to go ahead and keep everything together because it is it's it's hard. Sometimes. It's hard. So, and we know that. And I think anybody that puts on those step-parent shoes all of a sudden goes like, wow, this is, this is intense. So. This is intense, but it's absolutely worth it. With that, we want to wish everybody a wonderful I know, podcast day. Podcast I day? All right. 